church on a really good day. We're talking about sin. And you don't have to raise your hand. Y'all guilty. I'm talking in a southern accent. Y'all guilty, right? Uh, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we're all guilty. So you're in good company. All right? And uh, uh, we're going to continue our study of Hebrews. And we're, we're, we're talking about, uh, we did three warnings before. Talked about these three warnings that the author of Hebrews has given us. Well, we're on the fourth. And it's about sin. And my, my title today is, Sin Sucks. Doesn't it? Can I get an amen for that? Sin sucks. Don't you wish that was a, just a verse you could memorize? Like Romans, da 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 da. Sin sucks. Actually, Romans 6.23 does say that. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Yeah. I mean, that's the wages of sin. Payment for our sin is death. The end result of our sin is our death, spiritually and physically. It's a sad state. But I want to say one thing as I talk about sin, because I can, I can talk about sin with a smile on my face, because I am redeemed by Jesus Christ, and I am set free, and, I'm, and his, his blood has washed me clean, and I am a new creation in Christ, and I am invited into the holies of holies. I can worship him. I can stand there without being smited. I love that. I love the fact that I can worship in the holies of holies, and I don't die because of my sin, because Christ's blood covers me. That is a really cool thing. And so I was thinking about this, about, okay, I want to talk about sin. Thanks a lot, Carl, for taking a break on this sermon. Uh, actually, you know, our, our, doesn't our pastor need to get fed too? You were at E&I this whole weekend, and he got fed, and so that's why I'm preaching, because we want our pastor to get inspired too, and to hear God. But here I am, and I was thinking about sin, and what, okay, God, what do you want to give me? And he gave me this analogy, and I wanted to start off, I, I had to do a wedding. And so, but I had a, I had a bad experience of that. And it wasn't the wedding. It was just me. And, and this was what happened. Someone outside of our church, and maybe you're here. I'm so sorry. Your wedding was beautiful, and it was holy, and it was a great time. Uh, but they asked me to do a wedding on a catamaran in Waikiki. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a great I'm going to do a wedding in the, in the sunset and in the ocean, and we're going to do all this. So I'm like, okay, shoes, let's do this, okay? So I, I went to Ward Center and that dock over there, and I uh, went over there, met them, and we went on the boat. I'm just like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Full catamaran. I haven't been on one for a while, and we're gonna, it was right before sunset, so we just went out. And I'm like, okay, cool. So when we're going to do this, I thought we're going to go just straight out. Do the wedding, come back in. I thought it was going to be just, right on, cool, that's cool. Well, they started going, and he started turning that way. And, and it, we're going for a while, and I just, we're just, we're just kind of motoring along, and I see Waikiki pass me. I'm like, where, where are we going? We're going back to Kaneohe. You should pick me up. Hey, what's going on here? They wanted, to get, they wanted to do the wedding in front of Diamond Head, right? Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, so I'm like, oh, good idea. So they wanted a diamond head in the background, and they wanted the sunset there, and they just, this whole thing, and it was perfect timing. Sun, the sun's coming down, diamond head's there. They're like, okay, you're on time. I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. Okay, cool. All right, and so I'm just doing the wedding, whatever it is, and everything's just perfect, and their wedding was beautiful, and so I did the wedding, and it was great. They're hanging out with all their friends and family right now, and we were anchored right in front of diamond head. I'm like, okay, cool, my job's done. So we sat there. And we continued to sit there. And we were anchored for a while. And the sun's going down. I'm like, right. And they're partying up a storm. I'm by myself. So I said, you know what? Devotion time. I'm going to talk to God. 
it was so long that I'm like, God, you got anything else to say? Nope. <laughs> so I'm just like, what else am I going to do? So I'm just sitting there. And then we finally anchored up on the way back. And I'm just like, we're in Diamond Head. we got to go all the way back to Almond. I'm like, that's a long way. And so they started turning back around. And that thing, I mean, they had the motor on slow. They had it on low. And I'm just like, I'm looking at the mountains. And the mountains that looked great before weren't looking so great. The water that was like, oh, great. Well, I was getting seasick. I was looking at the sunset. There ain't no sunset. It was dark. It was gone. And I was looking at the mountains. You know what I saw? I didn't see the beautiful mountains. I saw the life that I used to live. I used to live there. I ain't coming back. I'm like, and I told myself, and this is not, apart from the wedding completely, this is my personal experience. I'm just like, this sucks. Get me back home. And we got back into the document. We're finally there. And you know what? I didn't know there was a lower button on the catamaran, a slower button. And we're just like, hmm, coming back. I'm ready to jump in the water. I'm like, I'm ready to swim home to my wife. Hug them. Oh, my gosh, thank you. You know, whatever it is. I'm back home. I'm back to my real life. And I know that's a really funny story and all. But isn't sin like that? Isn't sin a good idea at first? Don't be all holy on me. You know, we know you guys sin, because why? Let's be honest here. You get something out of it. You enjoy it. I'm the only one. Okay. You enjoy... That's why you're enticed to do it. And it's a good idea. And you see this catamaran, the catamaran of sin. The catamaran of jealousy and lust and bitterness. And whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with, and you're just like, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to, I love bitterness. Woo, I'm going to just stay here and um, you're enjoying the, the, the bitter sunset. Whatever it is. And you're there. And guess what? Sin, the enjoyment, whatever you get out of it, it's always short-lived, isn't it? It always just lasts for a little bit. And guess what? It's gone the next. And you're just like this. And then you're stuck. And guess what? You're back, you're out on the middle of the ocean. You're going, where was my life with Jesus Christ? Where was my life that I used to have? All the good stuff. Oh, man. But I can't get back there. I'm stuck now. Anybody hearing me? I'm stuck now. And this sucks. And, and this is destroying my life. And I have no way back. And here's the thing. My story ended good. I got back home. The enemy out there does not want to come back home. He wants to shipwreck your life. Am I speaking some truth here? He wants to shipwreck your life. He wants that catamaran to be in the ocean and your life to go down with it. John 10.10 says very clearly, what does it say? For the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I want to tell you the second half of that, that that Jesus wants to give you life and more abundantly. He wants to give it to you so abundantly. Which means, he said, like, you know what? I want to take that sinner. I want you to go back on the boat, uh, back in, uh, on land, and I want to give you that life. Get rid of that sin. And, and in James 1, it kind of speaks to what I'm talking about here. James 1, verse 14. It's a New King James Version. It says, but each one is tempted. Right? Each one of us is tempted. We all are. When he is drawn away by his own desires... Right? The temptation? Come on the catamaran. It's a good idea. Boom. Tempted. And then we're drawn away. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to draw us away from that life with no way back. Further he's out, the better. 
draw you away by your own desires and entice. Then when desires have conceived, it gives birth to sin. Here's that sin in our lives. What is sin? It's just missing God's standard, missing the mark. That's, it's like you just, boom, that's sin. Now it gives birth to this sin. And when that sin is full grown, in James it states it clearly, it brings forth death. We might not see it now, you might not see it now, but our sin, the end of it, is death. Thank be to God for Jesus Christ. Come on. And so... Here in Hebrews, like I said, we're giving warnings. We gave three warnings already. And I love that because, like, you know, they're just the warning signs when you're driving. Like, cliff coming, you know, whatever it is. And you see those warning signs. And it's like, turn around. Turn around. Make sure if you get this far, man, you're too far. Turn around. This is a warning. And here's another warning sign. Warning four. Hebrews 10, verse 26. Let's turn there. And it says this, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which makes us holy as if it were common and unholy. And, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Thanks, Carl, for letting me preach this message. No, I love this verse, to be honest with you. I love I love that. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Why I, why I love that is because that's, that's our God. He's a God that should, we should stand in awe of. Amen? Yeah. Now, look at this. It's like, okay, well, this is about sin. I know it got real quiet here. But in verse 26, it says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received this knowledge of truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. What does that mean? Now, we sin. We've made that clear. But here, in Hebrews, the warning is about a special kind of sin. It's the deliberate, continued sin. You know what that is? It's that willful sin. Willful sin and we all, we all choose to sin. But it's this willful, deliberate, which means I know all the truth. I know everything Jesus said. I know this is really bad for me. But I deliberately am going to do it anyway. And actually, more than that, I'm going to do it again. And again. And again, with no repentance in sight. Now I'm like, oh my gosh. I've been guilty of that. Am I, am I there? And it says this. There will be no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Does this mean that as believers, do we lose our salvation? Well, we can look at this as one way. As, as, as the warning is to actually people who've heard the truth, heard about Jesus, heard about the life-living blood that he gives... But then they reject it. Like, ah, they come real, real close. And they reject it and go, nah, I'm not going to believe that. And so they're basically still an unbeliever. Which means God's grace is not going to cover them because they don't believe it. But here if we actually look at this, and we've said this actually in the last, actually almost every sermon I've heard it. Who is Hebrews written to? Christians. Hebrews. The, the Jews that were actually 
They knew the Bible. They knew actually the Old Testament real well. They found Jesus Christ. And they're growing up and they've been Christians for a while. And here's these warnings. Oh no, please do not go into this willful, deliberate, continued sin. Please don't go there. Don't do that. There's danger there. And I, I was thinking like, okay, I was trying to grasp this. And then I think I, I got this analogy. The other day I was driving from E&I. Anybody went to E&I? Okay, cool. And I was driving home and I was about to get on the H3. And um, we, we live in Hawaii. We see some beautiful rainbows here. Anybody seen some real beautiful rainbows? And, you know, sometimes I take the rainbows for granted. Sometimes I'm like, that's only a quarter rainbow. <laughs> that's a full rainbow, but it, that, that's a little faded. It's a little faded. I see a double, remember that double rainbow video? Right? I've seen triple rainbow. I've seen double rainbows, but it's like, one's clear, one's, uh, that's all right. That's a pretty good double rainbow, you know? So I am one, love Hawaii, love the rainbows. I saw this rainbow. It was just one rainbow. I was blown away. I was like on H1. I was like, oh, wow. It was like all the colors, super crisp, perfect circle, end to end. No, it was like from, from one area to my, oh, that's a full rainbow, you know? And I'm one that like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy it because you know what? The rainbow always reminds me of what? God's promise. It reminds me of God. So every time I see a rainbow, I'm thinking, God. And I'm just like, ooh. And so I'm on H1. But you know how when you have to get on H3, you have to go on that roundabout thing? And so I'm like going, no, no, I want to see the rainbow. I want to see the rainbow. Then I went all the way around. And guess what? When I got on the H3, I'm driving into the rainbow. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I was so stuffed. I was, like, I was getting so excited about, oh, Lord Jesus, bring it. Come on. Bring the full blessing. And I was like, you know, I'm praising the Lord. I'm turning up the radio. I'm like, let's turn the praise on. You know, I'm coming from E and I and fired up. I'm like, this is God, you know. And I'm like, I'm in the full blessing, the full protection of the Lord. Don't you want to be there? Yes. That's where I want to live. How about you? I want to live in the full protection from end to end and the full blessing. You know what the, the deliberate, willful, continued sin is? You're we're enjoying the full protection of the Lord, but you have a side sin. Anybody know about a side sin? It's a side sin. It's a side, you know what a side sin is? Is when you're praying to God and you're confessing all the sins, right? We're, right? We will have to pray to God here, but you forget one. Forget one. Or you hold on to one. It's the one you don't want to deal with. Why? It's because it's the one you like the most. Right? Jealousy. Lust. Anger. Not sure what you deal with. We all have that one that we're holding on to. And it's almost like we just hold it and it's our, our, it's our own. And then we hold on to it so much that we just want to bring it outside of the rainbow of the Lord, the protection of the Lord, and keep it to ourselves. And so, God, I'm going to take care of this one. And when it says no sacrifice can cover that one, we are not allowing God to cover that sin. Are you hearing me? You ever had like... Um, Ever, anybody like had a, like a toe injury, like a foot injury, like gangrene? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I went too far. I went too far on that one. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, you just had something, but it's so small, but doesn't it affect your whole body? 
Like you're just like, this small little thing, like this ingrown toenail. And you're like, ah, get a wheelchair, come on, you know? And it just affects your whole body. And so we're trying to live under the full protection of, of, the, of the God. But then we have this side sin. It's like, yeah, you know? And it's out there. And it's not under the protection. So all the consequences... All the stuff, it's just open to the, uh, the attack of the enemy to use it. And the, seriously, it's there and now has a foothold. It's going to destroy the whole body. Your sal- you might be saved. Your salvation is secure. But your ship is shipwrecked. Yeah. You know the sad truth is I know some guys that, man, they love the Lord. I, 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 man, I, I knew some, this one guy I'm thinking about, love the Lord. I had him actually teach at my junior high camp when I was a junior high pastor. He fell away, fell back into his old sin. Didn't hear from him. Heard some things. I'm like, oh man, he's not doing so good. And he passed away. And I believe he's in heaven. I'm gonna see him again. But his life was shipwrecked. His life was shipwrecked because he took it out of the protection of the Lord. Bring it back in. Yeah, your salvation's secure, but don't you want everything that God has for you? Yeah. Stay under the full blessing of the Lord. I know I'm going a little long here, but Here's some things that I think we can learn from this. Now, this is a warning, remember, right? This is a warning. And so here's some pretty heavy things that they're saying, but I think we can learn some things going, okay, I better watch out for that. So here's the first thing that I see. He, he says, just think how much worse the punishment will be, in verse 29, will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy, as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. And so, whoa, that's, wow, that's pretty heavy. The first one is that you trample on the Son of God. Now, I, I think for any, all of us here, it's like, no way I'm going to trample on the, trample on the Son of God. And what it means is to trample with disdain. Just, nope. But one thing that brings up to mind that really convicts me is, on the way to sin, I'm asking myself, on the way to sin, have I trampled on anything else? Ask yourself that. On your way to your sin, whatever that sin is, have you trampled your own conscience? Conscience, like you just said, that's a bad idea. Or someone's advice. Or all the obstacles that God puts in the way, and you're just like, nope, 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 nope. Sin, you know? Have you ever been there? That you're practicing? I've been there. Remember in high school, I dated a girl. This girl, I saw her, she was really pretty. And I was like, man, cool. And you know what the problem was? She liked me too. And that was the problem. And in my mind, I'm like, this is a bad idea. I shouldn't do this. Guess what I did? Stomp, stomp, stomp. It's a good idea. That's what I told myself. And my parents, my mom definitely clearly didn't like her. Stomp, stomp, stomp on that. Nope, nope. You know? And I kept on going. We did some stuff we shouldn't have done. And I regret it. And I'm forgiven. But I, man, I just continued and I continued. Thank the Lord. I finally got off of that boat. Thank God. I think it was the time that she actually smoked marijuana with my friend. So I was like, yeah, yeah I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to be, I'm, I think I'm out of this one. <laughs> you know, thank God, right? I got saved, but that was a willful, deliberate, continued sin that I wanted to hold on to so dear. If we keep on trampling, if we keep on practice trampling, who's to say, who's going to stop us from trampling on Jesus Christ? 
And I just want to say to you, my advice, stop trampling on the stuff other than Jesus. Listen to your own Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you. Listen to good godly advice. Heed those warnings. The other one is, is um, that you would treat the blood of the covenant as common and unholy. Now what does that mean? Well, that's heavy too. It's like, I don't, that's when we take communion and we, and we drink the, the juice and it like represents his blood. Well, then it's basically saying you're treating with this willful continued sin of this, the blood of Jesus as common and unholy. And the one thing, the question that I had that was like, okay, I better be careful that is, is there an area of my life that I don't, do not act like a redeemed follower of Jesus Christ? Is there an area, compar- like, okay, I go to church here, but on Monday, woohoo, at work, or on Saturday night, woohoo, and I don't look like a redeemed follower of Jesus Christ. Let me put it this way. How many of you guys are married in this room? Cool. Wow, we got some couples. Awesome. You know, when you got married... When I did that wedding in Diamond Head, God bless them, they made a covenant, didn't they? They made a vow, a covenant. We will stick to one another. And that the rings are representative of that covenant. You know what this reminds me of? Is someone who gets married, says the vows, made the covenant, and then doesn't act like it. Which means they're treating their covenant as common and unholy. Which means they're married, they might have kids, but they're still going to the club on Friday nights. Sorry. That's my, that's my move for the club. You got the, got the, the water sprinkler, whatever it is. Roger Rabbit, you know. But you're going there without your spouse to what? To break the covenant. To, to be with someone else. Are you hearing me? That someone is acting like it didn't mean anything. Is there areas of your life? Just a warning that you'll be careful of, that, that, that it doesn't look like Jesus Christ doesn't mean anything. You have to be, be careful of that. Okay? The third one is, is that you would insult the Holy Spirit. Like, oh my gosh, you're probably thinking, I would never insult the Holy Spirit. Let me put it in another way. A deliberate, willful, continued sin is like spitting in the Holy Spirit's face. You're like, whoa, I would never do that. You know what question it brings up in my mind? Am I making sure that I have the fear of the Lord? Or, here's another, have I lost the fear of the Lord? Because if I keep the fear of the Lord, I will never spit in his face. Correct? I wouldn't wouldn't go, hey, Holy Spirit, you know? I wouldn't do that. Because I am in awe of God. And when, you got to have a holy fear. That's why I love that last verse. Right, what did it say? It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's how big our God is. Are you in awe of God? Do you stand in reverent fear of him? He is bigger than me. He's way bigger than me. He could squash me, right? That's why I love coming in. That's why when I get that, the, the fact that I come into the Holy of Holies, I literally think, I am not dead. Do I deserve to die? Absolutely. But I can worship him and I have life. That should keep the awe and the fear in your life. Keep the awe and the fear in the Lord. Well, I've, by the way, here's the encouraging part of the sermon. Here it comes. Awesome. I'm going to give you some advice on how to avoid not just a deliberate, uh, willful, continued sin, 
I hope no one's here in that kind of sin. And if you are here in that kind of sin, welcome to church. I'm glad you're here. There's better days. God wants to redeem you. He wants to bring you back. There is hope for you. He loves you so much. And I'm just so glad that you're here. But for all of us, I think we all deal with sin. And I think this, deals, this can help us in, in all areas of, our, uh, of the sin, sin in our lives. And so the first piece of advice, and, and because I'm actually getting uh, these verses from uh, sandwiching the verse I just read. So it's kind of an encouragement sandwich, advice sandwich. And in Hebrews 10 verse 24, is, it says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. What is, what is this saying? And here's my first piece of advice to avoid this kind of sin. Hang out with believers. Yeah. Write that down. Hang out with believers. In other words, go to church. Okay, you're already in church. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. You're here. Get in a mini church. Hang out. Go to a restaurants with them. Hang out with people who love Jesus. I'm not saying to, to, to isolate yourself and have a holy huddle, but you got to have them in your life. Why? Because when you hang out with believers, they have Christ's love with them, Christ's encouragement, Christ's support, Christ's grace. They can lift you up. They can pick you up. They can pray for you. Anybody hearing me? you got to have that in your life. But here's the other thing that it, it gives you, accountability. Which means it, you, you better surround yourself with not just people that are going to go, praise the Lord, brother. But they're actually going to go, praise the Lord, brother. How's the sin in your life doing? They're going to be honest with you. They're going to call you on your sin. You should have good friends like that. You should have good friends like that. Actually, if you read, right, if you go back to Hebrews uh, verse 26, what does is, what is the, the author say? Dear friends, I'm here to give you a warning. Dear friends, get an accountability. You know that scripture, um, in um, Matthew 18, I think it is. I could be wrong, sorry. In Matthew, it says, when two or three are gathered, what does it say? Jesus is amongst us. And we love to use that verse for church and for mini church and when we gather. If you actually look at the context of that verse, you know what it's talking about? It's actually talking about calling a brother on their sin. And when you get two or three people to actually help this brother or sister in sin, when you get, get together and go, you know what, I'm going to help you out here. We're going to be honest right now. We're going to help you. Guess who's there? Jesus Christ. And the most amazing thing is when you hang out with other believers, your sin can actually be brought to the light. Or it can be healed and restored and you get people loving you and supporting you. We're not here to condemn anyone. We can't condemn anyone because we don't deserve grace either. We don't deserve it either. So we're just going to help each other out. Get some good friends to be honest with you. Keep you accountable. Hang out. Just hang out. Feel the love of Christ. Even the love of Christ, even feeling that much encouragement keeps you away from the life that you used to have because it's so much better. So much better. Uh, my second piece of advice is in Hebrews 10 uh, verse 32. It says this, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Okay, so here's my second advice to you guys how to keep from sin. It's to remember your first love. Write that down. Remember your first love. How many of you remember the first time you like 
dated your spouse or, you know, the first time you fell in love with somebody, whatever it was, that first date, like that warm fuzzies. Okay, no, one, yes. no one's romantic here at all. It's like, nope, married them for money. Okay, whatever. Mm-mm. You know? <laughs> we, got some, we got some finger pointing, so sorry. You can fight later. Um, that first love. How about your first love when you came to Jesus Christ? When you finally realized the grace that he has given you. When you finally found the joy and the peace and the passion of the Lord. Anybody with me? I hope, you, I hope everyone has experienced that. Because there's that, that, why, it's like, man, you came to Christ because it became real in your heart at one point. I just, you know, I, I, this is kind of close to my heart, this, this piece of advice, because it just happened to me re- recently. I'm on a U2 kick. Anybody U2 fans out there? Because you picked up the free, uh, the free <laughs> the album that they just put out. Well, that one kind of inspired me to listen to all the old U2 albums. I've been a U2 fan since the beginning, since the 80s. Come on, I'm an OG U2 fan. And here's the reason why. is because when I was in junior high, I was a metalhead. I know I preach this all the time. I was a metalhead. I'm a punk rocker. And I, you know, I used to wear a Metallica shirt that had a demon on it that said, jump in the fire. <laughs> Imagine me. Look at, look at me. Like, oh, hello. <laughs> jump in the fire. You know? Just, it's idiotic. I mean, I, that was me. Then I came to this church, Hope Chapel Kanye Bay. I went to a camp, got filled by, by the Holy Spirit, transformed by Jesus Christ. Then I had to go back to school. And I couldn't wear the Metallica shirt anymore. It was a great shirt. I just couldn't, I couldn't wear it anymore because I was redeemed. I didn't want to jump in the fire. I didn't. I didn't. I'm like, nope. I didn't want to do that. I was changed. But I, I, I had to stop listening to the stuff I was listening to because it was bringing me down. You know what I found? You too. To master you, because back in the day, 80s, this is nothing against the 80s worship, but all they had was Maranatha, Maranatha. Little different than the stuff I was listening to. I needed, and I saw you too, and you know what? All my metalhead friends and all my punk rock friends back at school, they loved you too. And I loved you too. And they're like going, dude, I'm still cool. You know why? Because you too preached Jesus. They preach Jesus. You might not know that. Go back. They, they still preach Jesus now. But you go back to their old albums, they're talking about Jesus coming back. They're talking like holding on to Jesus. And like it fired me up back then. I was listening to uh, Undercover the other day. I found a, a, a punk rock back in the 80s, a punk rock Christian band that like punked out holy, holy, holy. It was so awesome. <laughs> and that fired me up. And what it brought back to me was the first love of Jesus Christ when I first really fell in love with him. How about you? Have you lost that first love? Have you kind of got dull a little bit? Remember when you first loved him and the grace that he poured on you? Remember that time when you just like, man, nothing else mattered. When sin seriously didn't matter because you were so fired up about Jesus Christ. Yeah, seriously. I didn't have trouble with sin. Because I was like, man, I want to do God's will. I want to win this world to Christ. I was too busy doing that. Then like, ah, sin was nothing. Because the fire in my heart rekindled that first love for Jesus. And my last, my last piece of advice to you, my third piece of advice, is uh, two verses. It says here in Hebrews 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, 
for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Then go down to verse 36. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. So my third piece of advice, hold tight and endure. Hold tight and endure. You're probably going, what? Hold tight and endure? Just hold tight and endure. Because it gets hard. Temptations are hard. Sin in our life is hard. Making drastic changes to get out of sin is hard. It's not easy. Hold tight. We're talking about anchored here. Check your grip out. Get that grip better. Get a tighter grip. Hold on to Jesus Christ. Hold on to him so tightly. And you know what? You're going to be tempted. Do something. Pick up the Bible. Start praying. Go for a run. I don't know. Do something to hold tightly. You know what? You might get tempted and you might actually sin. You might actually fall. You want my advice for you? Get back up. Run into the Father's arms and get, get, get forgiven. Get back up and keep going. Keep going. You know why? Because people who fall in sin, sometimes they get back up. They feel so guilty. They run away from God and they never come back. I'm saying hold on tight. Get a firmer grip. Get, if you fall, get back up and get a tighter grip. Make, do something about it. Hold tight. How many guys, here, I'm, I'm on an 80s kick right now. There was an 80s show from Japan. 80s show from Japan called Endurance. Anybody saw that show? Okay, only me and Carl. We only watch weird stuff. Okay, so it was a weird show because there was these Japanese men that volunteered. And there was one episode, it was Endure, Endurance. Basically, how long can you endure? They're gonna, they basically tortured you. And... There was one episode, they were in Egypt, and they had these men upside down on metal things, and the sun was, like, beaten down on these metal plates, and so they're lying on the metal plates on their back. And then they were, they were uh, shoveling hot sand on their feet, like, piping hot sand. And then they got magnifying glasses, and they focused the sun, sorry, sorry, on their nipples. And it was just, and they had these magnifying glasses, and so you see these guys like, ah, and, and they're yelling itai, which is Japanese for painful. Like itai, itai, you know. And then you see, you see some guys like, I can't take anymore. I can't take anymore. And they just, whatever. And then you see the one guy just like, bring it on. <sighs> you know, whatever. He's like full samurai mode. And he's just going. Doesn't life feel like that sometimes? And I'm going to tell you right now, hang on. Hold tightly to Jesus Christ. God, he's the only one you can actually hold on to that tight. Seriously. Because he's going to hold you back. He's going to, oh, I'm going to hold you right there. i got a grip on you. You know what? If, you, if that's hard for you, look at some people in our church that have been here for a while. Our Kapuna, right? Al and Colleen Kalama, my parents, right? I mean, come on. Get to know people that have been doing it for a while. I'm going, how do you do it? Follow them. Be inspired by them. That's what actually this whole, this whole verse is building up to Hebrews 11. You know what Hebrews 11 is? They're talking about Abraham and Moses and David and how they endured and how they went through all their trials and actually they got through their sin and they got what was promised to them. Are you hearing me? They're holding on. They endured. They lasted. Get those examples in your life. Hold on. Endure. You know, if we, keep, if we go through trials, you know, you're going to get callous, right? How many guys are carpenters out there? No, you, right? If you, if you work with, like, nails and, and wood and all that, I, I don't. That's why I, it sounds like I don't know my stuff. But if you do that enough, right, you can, you can hammer nails with your fist. 
like that man, right? Manly man. Build up palaces. Get strong in the Lord. Just love him. Hold tight. Follow others' examples. Hope that was good for you guys. And uh, my challenge to you guys, you know, we can pray. We can definitely pray. And I really believe that God can deliver you. God can deliver you from your sin. From whatever that is. But here's some things that I know the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to pray and seek him for sure. But he wants us to take action. And I, I would hate for you to go, man, Tom, that was a great sermon. And then Monday morning, you're still stuck in what you're doing. And my challenge for you is, yeah, pray to God and get some help. And get some, but get an action. Get a practical thing that you can do to help you in the sin that easily trips you up. And what do I mean by that? There's a great verse that says, you know, how do you, how, here's how you deal with sexual sin. It's great. This is in the Bible. How do you deal with sexual sin? Run. <laughs> Run. Run away from it. If, if it's there, don't go over there. Turn around and run. Save your life. What is one practical thing you can do in your life? Don't watch. Don't look at the internet at a certain time. Don't be talking to that person that gossips and slanders all the time. Or check your heart. What are you holding on to? I don't know. I don't know what you're going through. I'm just saying... Sometimes God's saying, you know what? You got to do an action. You got you to help yourself sometimes. I'm going to help you. That's for sure. I'm with you. I am with you to the end of the age, no doubt. But there's something that's, that trips you up all the time. Do something about it. Spar heads and pray. Lord, I want to just come before you and I just thank you for helping me in this sermon. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that all of us here hopefully enjoys the grace that you offer. And Lord, I just pray that you would help every single heart here, God. You know in every single person the sin that easily trips us up. And maybe some of us are in that willful, deliberate, continued sin. And I just want to pray for them right now. That you would just touch their heart right now. That you would not bring condemnation, but you would bring a godly sorrow, a godly conviction that would lead them to repentance, to lead them into your arms rather than running away from it. And I pray for them right now. For, all, for, for us who are really, are not in that kind of deep sin, but we have stuff, but that you would help us. That that you would rekindle the fire that we used to have when we first got saved and redeemed by you. That you would surround us with good brothers and sisters that wouldn't just flatter us, but tell us the truth. That tell us the truth. Lord, that you would help us to endure and hold tight and to build calluses enough to go, you know what? Yep, I got through this and I can get through it again. Lord, just be with us. Us. Give us practical advice of what to do. Give us practical things we can do. And Lord, right now, I just want to pray for anyone. Actually, I want to address the audience right now. I just, I just want to speak to anyone here that has never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Or 
maybe you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ a while back and then you've come back to church and you're going, you know what, I want to recommit, rededicate my life. Well, this prayer is for both of those, if that's you. And all God asks from you to dedicate your life to him is to remember what he did on the cross. It's to actually acknowledge what he did on the cross covers your sins, sets you free because he took your sin upon himself and he paid the price for you. You deserve to die, but Jesus died for you instead. That's the power of the cross. And all he asks from you is to acknowledge that, to go, Jesus, I believe that. And because I believe that, I will surrender, give you my life. I will put my whole life under the protection that you offer. That's becoming a born-again Christian, becoming a dedicated follower of Jesus. If you want that this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you right now to take this opportunity to do that. I'm going to count to three, and then after that, I'm going to say a prayer, and actually, I'm going to lead you into a prayer that you say to Jesus to do that. But please, what by, by, uh, by counting the three and raising your hand, you're just telling me that you want to pray with me. So here we go. If you want that, just go ahead and raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody here? Just raise your hand real high. We've got one, two, three, four. Anybody else? Anybody else? Actually, about five, five people. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Those hands went up real quick. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, follow this prayer like it's your own. Follow this prayer like you're saying this to Jesus. Jesus Christ, I come before you right now and I give you my life. I surrender all. I give you all my sin. I give you all my, uh, my life, all the even good things of my life. And, and the reason why is because I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose again from the grave three days later by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's that same power that can free me, that can cleanse me, that can show me a purpose, that can give me gifts. Lord, I want to dedicate my life. I want to, I want to announce it to the world through water baptism. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. Now I just want to thank you for salvation and declare that you are my Lord and Savior, Jesus. We praise you. We love you. In your name, amen. Let's give a hand for these people.